And we're live with episode 115. We have another breaking news update. Birthday boy Nicholas Maddox has gone missing once again. I understand that he has now taken some kind of asylum in the mountains of Alberta. Is that is that true? Is that true, Mike? I, I can confirm that he is in the mountains. As to the reason why, that is still yet to be confirmed. I imagine it has something to do with Geodude being <laughs> fairly common in the mountainous regions of Alberta. So uh, we'll, we'll wait to see if and when he comes back, uh, what his true uh, motivation for you know going out to the mountains was. Okay. I also understand he's completely off the grid. We have tried, we have, we have sent messages. We can't reach him. His notifications are off. That's what I'm told. This is true. Yes. <laughs> so he is, he is often, I don't think it's solitary because I think Kai is with him, but he's off fully engrossed in Pokemon, enjoying his birthday and we wish him well. Yes. Happy birthday, Nick. <laughs> Mike, as I said to you right before we started the show, this was a big week. But I forgot why it was a big week until I saw the link that you posted in the notes. Um, we're going to talk about Google's event, which was this week, that completely slipped my mind. Is it fair but to say that it was a forgettable event? I don't know. <laughs> I, honestly, it's Google. I don't think they really forget anything. <laughs> but we do have a few pieces of follow-up that you put in here first. Yes. Um, yeah. These were all weird stories, but... Did, did you hear about the Boeing thing? I, I did. That story crossed my, I don't think I actually read any articles associated with it, but weird. Yeah. You know, there's, there's been an ongoing space race 2.0, mm. I guess you could call it. Yeah. And, and both, both Boeing and SpaceX have been contracted out by NASA in the past to, mm. to run missions. Uh, not manned missions, obviously, but, uh, cargo missions anyway to the space. I believe Current, mainly yeah, to the space After shuttle. the space shuttle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so since Elon has, come out and declared his dominance over Mars excursions. <laughs> yes. uh, Boeing has come out and said, Hey, we're still here too. And we're going to do it before you. So, uh, not, not too much news per se. It's just, right. Elon's not the only one that's, that's gunning for it. And which mm -hmm. is good to see. I don't think anyone expected he was the only one, but publicly he's been the most vocal about his ambitions. So it's, it's nice to see other companies. Um, I guess Amazon, was the other one well not amazon specifically but who's the guy jeff bezos jeff, jeff something yeah jeff bezos yeah. with his uh blue origin well they also his, did his uh they did a test this week too that was testing the escape capsule i believe okay. it was they did the, like they've done several they've done several tests where you have uh where they've gone up to the edge of space like 100 kilometers up and then drop back down and uh yeah, so they did, I believe it's the same capsule, the Blue Origin capsule, but they tested the the escape part, like the rockets that would go off in an emergency and separate the rocket from the actual crew capsule. I think that was the test they did this week, and it was successful. Um, something that I guess Elon said the SpaceX rocket also would have been when they when the SpaceX rocket blew up on the launch pad. He said that the crew would have been safe from that. Okay, I didn't hear um, that part. Okay, that's good to know. If there had been any crew, it would have ejected like the protocols right. were set up so that it would have ejected and they would have been okay and mm -hmm. someone actually on reddit i saw actually superposed the test that spacex did um with their rocket at the correct scale and everything to show that it actually that like it's actually not only kind of scientifically and theoretically accurate but like the speeds actually do check out it would have at least outpaced the fireball and there was no pressure wave because it wasn't an actual an actual explosion it was just a really as elon described it a fast fire so usually in an explosion, it's the pressure wave that'll kill you. And it's really much harder to escape from those. But a fast fire is is escapable um, on this on this Elon Musk Boeing thing. Did he is Boeing trying to get to Mars or are they also trying to colonize Mars? Because it seems like you could like Mars, they could send a Mars rover or a Mars mission. And even if there are people there, um, it's going to be like, okay, well, now we're going to send the people back. Like Boeing, I see them returning on a rocket. And then as they're returning, something like two years later, I just see Elon's huge, massive transport, like going through, like, it's almost like the scene in the movie where you have the little boat, like going one way. And then you have this huge tanker going the other direction full, like this Elon's tanker being full of hundreds of people and like millions of tons of supplies and things. And it just seems like even if Boeing is planning something, it's not on the same scale. And 
I mean, while it's on, while it's good, like the space race is very important to be first. Like that, that was a main thing in the space race in the late 1960s. And it's going to be important here to be like, okay, Boeing, if Boeing can get there first, that's really great. But they also have a humongous head start in engineering, in terms of resources, in terms of a relationship with NASA. Who's this, Boeing or Boeing? Space? Does, yeah, yeah, okay. And I just see they have kind of different goals. If, if Boeing's mission is to get to Mars first, Elon's mi- Elon's mission is to colonize Mars. I think that's there's slightly different right. uh, kind of senses of scale there. Yeah, Mullenberg's the CEO of, mm-hmm. of Boeing. His direct quote was, "I'm convinced the first person to step foot on Mars will arrive there riding a Boeing rocket." Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's about getting there first. Um, and yeah, like their ambitions appear to be more space tourism versus mm-hmm. the more. Uh, kind of ambitious goal of, of colonizing right yeah it's it's gonna be an interesting race and i actually think as i believe we've discussed in the past that having more than one group competing like we talked about this with blue origin having a group to compete against makes the race aspect a lot more kind of dominant and then you actually get both companies or both groups innovating even faster than before just trying to beat the other the other group like when they when they had the first space race the only reason those things got done on such a quick time scale is the fact that the americans worried about russians getting there first and wanting to be first in that area yeah the exciting thing too about these types of things is in the process of innovating you'll often innovate other stuff like that's applicable to other things so um yeah this this type of thing can only be good i think Mm -hmm. as as long as they're not sacrificing quality and safety for the sake of doing it first right where i think they actually did a lot more in the first base race they kind of sacrificed safety in terms of like if people have to die for us to get there first that is an acceptable loss is that think, was that was that what someone said i don't that's not a familiar i think that was the prevailing theory okay. and i think like even they i've seen copies of old speeches not like not really concession speeches but speeches what that were prepared in case one of those early mm-hmm. Apollo missions were lost and just saying this is part of space travel. It's dangerous. Uh, there are risks associated. These people gave their lives in pursuit of American greatness. And yeah, and those are the actual, like those are, I'm, I'm paraphrasing obviously cause I don't have it in front of me, but those are the actual words. Yeah. To be fair, we talked last week how must say that people will die. Mm-hmm. Well, doing it. <laughs> yeah, he, it's almost inevitable. Like even if you're just going on, the safest space mission ever that lasts anywhere around a hundred years. Like people are going to die from totally other things. If you're sending people on multi-year missions, there are going to be people who are die. Like in theory, yes, you'd want to send sort of the fittest 20, 30 somethings that are in great shape and have no other reason to die, but people just die. Well, all it takes is an infection in a place where you can't treat it. It doesn't have to be like an Armageddon. I don't know if anyone died in Armageddon in like space in the space part, but I can just like, it doesn't have to be someone getting sucked out of an airlock in an accident right. or like a crazy scenario. It could but just that's be, what people think about when yeah, like, exactly. you're going to die in space. Oh my gosh. They don't think right. about it like a, getting a blood clot and then right. just having a bleeding stroke. out yeah. somewhere. And yeah, but anyways, um, this, it, it is all interesting. And I think there are going to be like blue origin, I think still hasn't really jumped on there. There are other big space companies like Lockheed Martin's another one that I can think of right off the bat. I think Bombardier, I don't know if they're still doing any space work, but I know they have in the past. It kind of, now that we're starting to see space be almost like another Wild West, we're seeing uh, companies in the U.S. actually get legal rights to go and mine asteroids. I think we're going to start seeing more and more of this stuff as bigger and and better, not better companies, but companies with more resources kind of getting out there and, and seeing what they can do in space because it is so open. Like there's no rules set up. So, um, you want to, you want to bring us back down to earth and talk about something that's kind of weird with, uh, in the, in the wake of the Google event last week. Yeah. Like after Allo and Duo came out, I think at least on this show, we were wondering what was going to happen to Hangouts. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of other people had that same question and we got a bit of insight into that where when Google allows manufacturers to issue Android devices, they, I guess they have a default set of apps that need to be pre-installed on the device. Right. Such, you know, Gmail, Google Plus, Chrome, <laughs> Chrome, 
you know, those, those, is Google those, Plus still mandatory? Because that would yeah, be that's, that's why I laughed because I don't, I don't even know if it is. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's there's specific ones that that Google wants to have on all their Android devices. A because people expect to have those, um, but also just for their own branding and mm-hmm. yeah. and access to their their apps. So I guess it came out that Google is removing Hangouts yeah. from that list of required apps to be pre-installed and are replacing it with Duo, that being the video calling app. Right. A, a person-to-person, device-to-device video calling app. Yes. So that covers half of what Hangouts does. The other Ooh. half... It covers the, one part, let's say. I don't want to well, go half. Why not half? In that... Well, you could say Hangouts does what? Text and video? And you're saying Duo does video? I think Hangouts does more than just... Does it though? (laughs) Anyways. Yes. I think so. You can send like, you can send pictures, you can do group messages. Okay, that's all messaging. I mean messaging and video. Okay. Text and video. video. Messaging and and video. Well, Allo does picture and video messaging? Allo does not do picture. You can send pictures. I mean, you can't do like video. You can't do a video call. Yeah, Duo does. Right. Anyway, you wouldn't hence, want to duplicate hence, functionality. <laughs> hence, Duo being half of what Hangouts does. Sure. So, I I guess Google's okay with not being in that space, like the the messaging part, right. uh, multimedia messaging. So, I don't know. I guess the Allo could be added to that list later, but you'd think now would be the time to do that. Yeah. So, again, a lot of people are confused. I, I've just started saying Google gonna Google because at this point it's like, what else do you expect? I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what, what's your take on this? What, well, what's happening to Hangouts here? Yeah, I don't know what the schedule. I don't know what the regularity of the Google demoting and promoting apps in this package. But if it happens every month, I could see that it's just that Duo has been out for a while longer, and so once Allo has been out for a month or two, and they've kind of worked out any kinks or bugs from the initial release that they might just add it but if there's something happens every six months or every year then it's like why you're just not thinking ahead at all and why wouldn't you add this it as i said i don't necessarily agree with the idea that google allo and duo each do half of what hangouts did i think that duo does like 15 20 percent and allo does the other 80 well does the other let's say 60 there's 20 percent that a functionality that's just gone and then at least 20 percent and then there's some stuff that Allo adds, like the Google Assistant stuff, which I think is pretty cool, but I think could have also been bolted onto Hangouts pretty easily. Uh, in terms of this becoming kind of the real new Google chat platform, I think that's fine because most people didn't use Hangouts anyways. So I guess that's the, that's their thinking in theory, but I don't actually know what anyone at Google is thinking. The, the only other thing I want to say is that I think think i forget if it was in this piece or if it was in, in another one i read it was saying that there a google representative or something was quoted as saying that hangouts is shifting to becoming more of a business to business type of communication tool or like used for enterprise in in kind of google which i understand like google for work you can set up like unwind media for example is a google apps framework like schools all across the, the north america and all across the world use google apps uh, government organizations do so i could see it as becoming like a if your school board uses google apps then hangouts would be like an instant messaging tool for your school board but it seems like why wouldn't you do that for people also in, like if people aren't using it make it better but people not using it doesn't mean you necessarily should replace it with something else it just i don't know hangouts has a weird branding issue in that it's such a common word Maybe that's why they're just trying to shift away from it, but the yeah, I don't know, the whole thing stinks. Yeah. Like I was I was gonna say, like, it's perplexing to me, and I think you have a good point about dual being out longer. Mm. Because Allo, as you mentioned, has the Google Assistant functionality in it. Yeah. And we'll talk about it later, but that's gonna be the only window into Google Assistant that any other Android device will have outside of the Pixel. Yeah. For so now. Yeah. for well, it, they said it will, other devices will be getting it later, but did they? Yeah, they did. I didn't read that, but okay. if, if that's the case, then that's good. Um, yeah, yeah. But sure, for now, that's and for now, it's the Pixel. I think it's a few month exclusive or something to get okay. juice the Pixel sales. Okay, 
So, but I, yeah, I can't imagine Ulo, Allo not being like a flagship product for Google. Like if, if it's, if they're know what they're doing, which is debatable on its own, <laughs> uh, they'll, they'll go that route and make, make Allo a, a pre-installed app the same way as, as Duo is going to be. Right. Um, and as, as far as it, as far as changing Hangouts to have that same functionality, uh, I mentioned to you guys, uh, outside of the show that a lot of the time, if you don't pre-plan functionality into an app when you first make it is very hard or it can be very hard to put it in after the fact yeah so usually it's easier to just start from scratch and make a new product but even then you can still brand it the same way right right so they they like you know they could have made hangouts hangouts video hangouts text or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um the you know with alan duo but instead they they went with a different branding which right I'd like to think they did focus groups or consulting mm-hmm. and this is obviously their best choice. Otherwise they wouldn't have made it, but it's, we'll, we'll right. see what happens, I guess. Yeah. Th- there are a couple of other ways that Google has done about this in the past and presumably to varying degrees of success. And the first one that they have done is just kill a product that people are apparently very passionate about, like Google reader. Mm-hmm. Um, every time RIP reader, uh, every time that comes up, I just like cry out a single tear. Um, <laughs> uh, but the other way they, they go about doing these things that they have in the past that, for me at least, has been really successful. And this is another shout out for a, a really great service and app that I don't think people use enough or at all. Uh, and that's Gmail Inbox. So when Google released Inbox by Gmail, this is probably a couple of years ago now, they, it, they basically said here, this is a bunch of new functionality. It's ty- It lives right in Google. We're building it. And... The, for me, reading the tea leaves at the time, this is like, okay, well, Google, like Gmail is going to be shut down and everything, all the functionality is get, not, not Gmail, the email service, but like gmail.com is going to cease to be that. And going to gmail.com will take you to inbox. And that is now what happens, but it's, it's a redirect. It's not, you're going to inbox.google.com and people don't realize like old people not old people but people who've been using gmail for a while can use gmail still in its in its exact almost in its exact state that it was in when inbox was released all they've really done is done like tweaks and fixes but it hasn't gotten any new features it hasn't gotten anything all the development work has gone into inbox and so i switched to inbox as soon as i could and it's all i use now i never ever go to gmail anymore i don't open the gmail app i don't go to gmail.com I'm all in on inbox and it's great. And I see all these new things, but I wonder about people who have, who are still using Gmail and don't even really have any idea that inbox exists because I'm sure they're out there. And I don't know. Do you, do you use inbox or do you use Gmail? Yeah. So a couple of things I, I was the same as you. I started on inbox as soon as it came out. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, like anything like that, I, I try to get on the bandwagon and see what it's all about. And, and I liked it. I like the functionality to add it. I like, Uh-oh. I really like the snoozing of emails i yeah. like how it's branded as done and archiving yeah so and and it's completely psychological because it literally does the exact same thing but well, because if you go back to gmail it's all archived it's no not, exactly that's, yeah, what, that's exactly. what i mean so like clicking done makes it go to archives mm-hmm. but the way the inbox interface is set up is you have a tab for all your emails that are done so right. they're still there they're accessible you can search them mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like they're just gone Right. Even though they're not, because I don't delete email, I just archive. I right. either leave it in my inbox or archive. Um, so, so I like the done. I like the the snoozing. I don't really use the categorizing feature of it, where it's like you know it has it. You'd have to see it, but it have like finance yeah. and it has promotions, whatever. I have all my notifications set to come in because I don't like how it auto filters and sometimes doesn't notify me when an email okay. comes in if it's not supposed to get filtered. Right. Um, so I just get notified of everything, but it does have that functionality where it will kind of bin your emails and notify you of certain ones, not notify you of others, that kind of right. thing. Um, it has reminder functionality built into it a bit differently, uh, than Gmail does. Mm-hmm. So it, it, ha- it adds some good things definitely, but it's also missing a lot of key things. Uh, the primary thing being, f- uh, filters and, um, tags. Like you can't do that through inbox. I don't know if you've ever tried, but you can't, uh, you can't, n- no, you cannot. Don't tell me you can because you can't. Uh, well, uh, 
you can go to inbox and if you've set up your email to redirect to inbox you can go back to gmail there's a tab on the left hand side of your inbox mm-hmm. yeah, ui yeah. to go to gmail and get into those settings mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. infuriating to me mm-hmm. because it's like if i get an email and i say i want to filter this email i should be able to do it from my phone within that email and say filter emails like these but you can't you have to go to the browser version of gmail because you can't even do it through the app version either so even if you have the gmail app you still can't do it and it's like google why just why this oh so your your complaint is just about the mobile version both like okay a gmail mobile version doesn't do it even the mobile desktop version like the mobile browser version you can't you have to go to the desktop version of gmail to go into your filter and tag settings you cannot like filter and labels you can't do that in inbox the desktop or the mobile version and not gmail the mobile so i'm confused maybe i'm doing this in a different like i've thought about this because when i went to inbox i went all like i like i said Mm -hmm. i do filter my email and i've never gone back to the gmail interface to do it have you ever had to change anything in your filters and labels though yes like it so if i have i have an email right here from apple right now it's in like I, I signed up for job alerts from Apple. Mm-hmm. I have this email and it's currently set because it it's, this is actually a perfect example because it put it in, it puts them in purchases mm-hmm. because it's, it's from Apple and I get a lot of receipts yeah. from Apple. I can go to the extra settings and I can move to. That's not what I'm talking about. I, I I'm not talking about not, the category. I know, I know that's not okay. what you're talking about, okay. but sorry, continue. <laughs> come with me here. Okay. There's an option here to remove from purchases, which theoretically is the same functionally the same as what you're trying to do you're trying to unfilter it from that list and then i can go in and hit the three dots again and i can move it to i, I know that's not what i know that's not what you're talking about because there's a there's different filtering systems and i'm talking I'm, I'm using the inbox filtering system i can put it because it is under job search i have i have a filter here or a folder bundle here. label yeah they're called bundles um called job search and i can but even even bundles are different though I can put it in the job search bundle and then at the bottom here, it says move to job search and it says, I forget what the language is gone now, but it's, it says always do this Mm -hmm. for emails from that sender. Yeah. I, I understand that you want to keep your filters you have already had, but my filters for the most part have stayed the same. And if I go into settings, I can change the individual settings for each of the bundles that I have set up. And I can go into the job search bundle. I can automatically add any messages whose subject have the word job in it or emails from any specific senders. I can choose to bundle messages in the inbox. I can show Mm. notifications for any messages that come in with that bundle name. And I can show them. I also like promos by default, promo emails that come in under the promo bundle. Only I have them only set up to show up once per day at 7 a.m. So any emails that came in the promo bundle only show up once a day. Otherwise, right. they're there, but they're not in, they don't show up in right. your main inbox. Right. And for me, I've never needed more than that. I believe, like I have a, a bundle here called notification slash Twitter that carried over. It used to be a Gmail label mm-hmm. and now it's a bundle called okay. notifications Twitter. For me, this has worked. I would say it's an improvement on the filtering system because the filtering system I never really used because it was kind of obtuse and you had to go in and manually, like for me, it worked. It works a lot better now because it's so, it's so much more obvious and kind of visible to use it. I know, and I know that it wasn't hard, but I just never really used them before. Right. Okay. So I I see where you're going with this now. And okay. So bundles. That's what I was referring to, like the the categorizing yeah. that it does. Right. So it has a default, like, you know, promotions, mm-hmm. um, finance whatever i don't updates, remember the, oh, social updates yeah, yeah. The, the ones on top of my head so they mm-hmm. have default ones and when you first sign up for inbox or enable it it does its own categorizing which yeah. is fine but i found that i'll get a uh say an ad like a mailer from home depot that mm-hmm. says oh check out our sales and then i'll get one saying you know purchase receipt but it'll filter them both for promotions and not right. notify me of it and it's like i don't want it doing that right so i just disabled like, or I, I didn't disable the bundling, but I just said, notify me of all of them. Right. Because yeah, yeah. at that point, I don't care. I know use the bundles. Like yeah. I don't go to promotions. I don't go to each one to see what's there. I just right. go to my main inbox. Um, and as far as the labels go, 
I don't think like I had a handful of labels set up mm. before and I don't remember them being bundles, like becoming bundles when I switched over. Okay. Um, but it sounds like the bundling has the same functionality as labels as far as, you know, all emails that come in with this, do this to it. Like, can you automatically mark as read when it gets bundled? Yes, I believe so. I don't think I okay. actually have anything set to automatically mark as read. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what I like the power of labels because you could set up stuff like that where it says mark mm-hmm. as read, move to this, do this, do that. And I have my, some IFTTT recipes set up for specific labels as well. Um, like I actually did, uh, recently did a workaround for one of the security cameras we have here where the app didn't have a UI to see screen grabs of mm-hmm. motion detection, but you can set up the camera to send an email to an email address <laughs> with an image, like a screenshot, a screen picture. Right. So I set up an IFTT recipe that looks for an email with the label that I set up for it. Yeah. And then saves the attachment into a Google Drive folder because that email comes with, with that yeah, image yeah, as yeah. an attachment. So now I basically have like a hacked like UI to look at motion right. detection screenshots, yeah. <laughs> which is, I'm, I'm proud that I was able to do that. I, yeah. It's dumb that I had to because yeah. no one else is probably that's ever going to do that unless yeah. you've, you're used to using that kind of thing. But, um, that, that's why I like the label functionality. And so those are the kinds of things that I'll need to tweak or change or add or that kind of thing. And I've, I've never been able to do that with an inbox, but I don't right. know if I set up a bundle in inbox, if I, if it treats it literally the exact same as the label and you can use IFTTT recipes the same way with bundle names instead of labels. Yeah. Uh, that, that is a very good question and I'm not sure. I, I don't see a thing here to automatically mark as read within the inbox interface, Okay, but because it all bundles, I never have to mark all, or I don't never have to automatically mark as read because I just like sweep the whole bundle away. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thought. I, I don't see, there's no option here to automatically mark as read through bundles. Yeah. I, I just hate having unread messages. Right. It's like this weird psychological thing. I mean, I, like, I hate it too. If but I have I, like a yeah. one there and it's not showing up, like where is this unread email? See, so the only thing that I have, the only thing in inbox that I have that even shows numbers of unread emails, like I have the badge on my app, which is totally Mm -hmm. voluntary. And like the name of a person that shows up in a bundle that like the the sender of an email is bolded, but it, all it does is show me the number of emails in the, in the bundle. It doesn't actually say this is how many unread you have. Right. And then the bundle name is bolded if there's an unread email in it, but yeah, it doesn't have the same psych. I, I know that psychological effect that you're describing, but because of the way that, um, actually, you know what? You know what I'm just realizing right now? When I, when you sweep a bundle away, it doesn't mark it as red. It leaves it unread because since I started using inbox, I, if I go into my done folder, there are so many unread emails in there. Okay. And they so all show up as bold. It- so when you swipe it, it marks it as done, but it marks it as done, red. but okay. not red. And so gotcha. I have so, so many that I, I looked at, like I glanced at it in the list of emails, right. but I never actually read it. And that's kind of nice because, because like I said, there's no interface to see how many unread emails you right. have. There's just a, a list. Yeah. I should, I, I'll have to play with the bundles thing a bit more because I didn't like how they're automatically doing it. But if you can do the same thing where it says anything from this email with this and this subject with et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, mm. then I might try it again. Right. Um, so cause I, I do like the idea of only being notified, you know, at 7am yeah, on that yeah, day yeah. because yeah, throughout the day is like, Oh, check out the sale or whatever. Like I still want those emails because <laughs> right, exactly. sometimes I'll be looking for something or I'll buy something if I'd happen to need it or whatever, mm. but I don't want to be disrupted in the middle of the day when it's like, I could have looked at that yeah. later. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, this uh, this is kind of blowing my mind right now because I didn't realize that it totally like my psychology when I was using Gmail, the the actual main Gmail app, I was always like every single thing had to be read, and it was actually I was actually annoyed that I had to do that all the time, like mark everything as read that I just like had to click it open and then or like select them all and the mark as read like it was just really annoying to have to do, and this has totally broken that in that I don't I've had I have like thousands of unread emails in here but I don't. It doesn't bother me. Right. 
Amazing. Also, Inbox needs to have a widget. I don't know why they don't. Yeah. Mm. That's that's one of the only reasons why I have the Gmail app installed <laughs> on my phone still is because Inbox doesn't have a widget. Right. Makes sense. Come on, Google. So, <laughs> Get your shit together. <laughs> this is crazy. I really love this. I have uh, auto what or my email folder that is now a bundle has 606 unread emails in it. It's nice. My Twitter notifications bundle that I was mentioning earlier has 1,578 unread emails and I don't, I never see it. Why do you have notifications turned on for Twitter for email? Uh, they're not, sorry, they're not for Twitter. They're they're It's a bundle that any, any email that comes in that has the word Twitter in it goes into that and anything that has the word Facebook and it goes into a different one. It's just so that it, sometimes I, there's false positives. Again, how many Twitter emails do you get? 15. 1800 no i know like but for what uh there are some like because i have like 10 twitter accounts uh oh. there are a bunch that like where it gives me suggestions and stuff um which i think like i keep every time i see them in a twitter account i open them or i, t- I open that and turn them off but right. I, because i have so many email accounts there's still a bunch that come through anyways right and uh but like there's a bunch of emails in here that are also in promotions because they are promotions but they also mention twitter and it's just an an easy filter for something it this used to actually be this used to actually cause problems in my social life because it would make me miss emails anytime anyone ever mentioned the word facebook in an email out of context like not in a social context or same if they have like a footer at the bottom say follow us on twitter and that's gonna get filtered (laughs) well that i want those to get filtered but i don't want personal emails well, no, because if you have like an actual important email, but at the bottom, it's just a default footer right. saying follow us on Twitter. Well, exactly. And so that's why for me, bundles saved me because now I actually see those. Whereas before, when I just had a label, I had it set to just auto mark as red and I would never even see it. So like, it'd be like, what email did you send me? Oh, did you mention Facebook in it? Yeah, I didn't get it. <laughs> now at least I see it, but I can just sweep it away when it's not important. Right. Okay. But yeah, that did cause problems for me. Um, so we're still in follow up. I I don't feel like we really need to talk about BlackBerry, but why don't you mention um, this BlackBerry well, news? This is more just follow up from last week because mm-hmm. we were we were talking about the demise of BlackBerry and they're moving to software only. But I guess there was a quote from from BlackBerry saying that they're going to still release a new smartphone with a physical keyboard mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. six months. So I guess the idea is that they're going to outsource the hardware manufacturing. <laughs> Which I don't even know why they went out and said, yeah, it's like, why even say you're not manufacturing hardware in house? Like who cares? Mm -hmm. No one Mm -hmm. probably knew you did anyway. Right. It's like, if you just didn't say anything, release a new phone, like no one would be any like different. I don't know. But anyway, kind of back to status quo with BlackBerry, I guess. I don't know if you read the, the, I, I saw in a tweet that came out summarizing the Google approach to building their own smartphones and it was something like, I'm going to get the years wrong, but it was like 2008, uh, HTC builds the first Google phone called the, the Nexus one or whatever it is. And then, or the Android one, I think it was called the, like way back, like the mm. very first Android phone ever built okay. by Google. Sure. And then, uh, 2012 or whatever it was, Google builds the first Nexus or HTC builds the first Nexus phone. And then 2016 HTC builds the first pixel phone for google like google keeps rebranding their their built by thing and now mm-hmm. everyone like google themselves are saying we're building this phone this is a pixel this is the pixel by google our pixel phone by google i guess is the official branding but it's still not google themselves building this they're just kind of app they're appling it they're outsourcing like foxconn and pegatron build app iphones apple doesn't build them the, right no doesn't right build millions of phones but in this case HTC is the one building the Pixel. Is it? Oh, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't I even think, hear that part. Okay. Which That's I just really think is weird. so funny. Yeah. They keep they're they're getting deeper in. So it actually is Google. Like Google did design this phone, but right. they're outsourcing the building still to the same company that's always been doing it. So and funny. again, you could have gone back and not said anything and just sold this phone as as a, a Nexus. Pixel. Yeah, or as a Nexus and be like, by the way, we designed it. It's like okay, yeah. cool. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so funny yeah. but yeah so on on the blackberry thing why even bother why bother shutting quote-unquote shutting down your hardware service if you're gonna 
keep putting out phones. Like they keep saying, oh no, we're really shutting down this time. Oh, except like a couple of days later, oh, like, we're still going to do this. Obviously yeah. we're Blackberry. We're going to build phones with keyboards. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of overhead when you're running your own yeah. manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's just your own phone and you know, the amount of phones that they're making now and the amount of models is minuscule compared to what they were doing before. Right. So I, I, I understand why they would stop doing it themselves, but just the news that came out, it sounded like they were going to not make hardware period. Right. Like just, there was going to be no more Blackberry phones. Right. But that's obviously not the case. Yeah, there's still going to be phones with BlackBerry software on them. I think they'll just be sold as BlackBerry phones. It's just Maybe. there's not it's not BlackBerry making them. I but again, guess. it's like no one would know any different anyway. Yeah. So why yeah. even say that? <laughs> like, make it a shareholders like like bury it in the shareholders report, and like it's not going to be news. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't need to be. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Rumors of their demise have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> Well, rumors of the demise have been <laughs> completely true for years, but they're not necessarily gone. No, not yet. They're they're going to keep making these announcements and getting smaller and smaller and smaller until at some point you won't be able to see them anymore. That's that right. might have already happened. Okay, uh, <laughs> this is this is the worst. This is going to be a tech heavy episode, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really don't want to push this iPhone 8 thing because now even ATP has talked about it in detail. <laughs> but uh, I, I do think that the, the the Pixel announcement and Google's announcements are bigger news this week. So I feel like we should talk about those first. Okay. We've talked a lot about Google already today. So it's mm-hmm. it's natural that we'll wrap it up with, with their Pixel announcement. Yeah. Since we've kind of already segued into it with this BlackBerry news. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, for those that haven't heard, the Pixel the quote-unquote first google phone as as we laid out yes was was announced and soon to be released uh it's i guess a rival to the iphone 7 Mm -hmm. it's even shaped kind of similar (laughs) it's it's colored similarly (laughs) well there's Uh, a blue one (laughs) there is a blue one which you know everyone wanted a blue iphone so yeah jason snell specifically really wanted a blue iphone so jason snell here's your chance (laughs) um So what are your first impressions on this phone, Rob? My very first impressions are that I really want to try it. I still haven't actually tried a Nexus 6P at either of the 6 or the 6. Like I haven't tried past Nexus 5. So I want to actually give it a try before There was no Nexus 6. I thought there there was a Nexus 5, 5X, and then 6P. Okay. I don't think there's a 6. Maybe I'm I'm just thinking of the 6th generation then. Uh, anyways, the last Nexus phone I tried, the last, actually the, the best Android hardware that I've tried is still the Nexus five. And it's very possible that the hardware has come like miles ahead. We talked about this last week with, for according to Nick way too long about how for me, the Android experience just isn't the same as the iOS experience. And I'm ready to be impressed. I don't think I would ever necessarily have an Android phone as my primary phone. But I know that Google is capable of doing really great things and specifically they're focused on the Google Assistant with the Pixel and with all the, with the other new products as well with like the Google Home. Yeah, it is by far the best voice assistant already and they're taking it like miles ahead with with Google Assistant, like the latest iteration. Um, I've been reading all week about, or not all week, but even all year about Siri and how it pales in comparison to other voice assistants, just in what it can understand and do, which makes sense. Like you, you need to know the constraints of the voice thing you're, you're looking for. You're going to be disappointed. Like you can't, I can't ask Siri when the next vice presidential debate is, or when the next presidential debate is, because it isn't programmed to be able to tell me that even if it does know it, even if somewhere in the software, there is that bit of information. But if I ask Google on my phone or just type it into Google search, it will tell me immediately, not just not just give me search results where I could find the information, but it will actually tell me in a knowledge graph card. This is when it is, what time it's at, where you can watch it, like all the information I could possibly need. So and I actually did ask that like two nights ago. I just said, like I opened the Google app on my on my iPhone, which is in a whole other discussion uh, and just asked when's the next presidential debate and it replied immediately like it was it's less than a second and it says this like it it's more knowledgeable than any person around you ever could be and like it's i'm really excited for it to be in the home because people are really excited about the amazon echo 
and it's not even near as powerful. The only reason it's powerful at all is because of the, the things the developers have built into it. The different, uh, what do they call them? Actions. I forget what they're called. Um, I don't think if we have the echo in Canada, we just got it and I'm not getting one. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think? About the phone in general or about the phone the in general? Yeah. Like the assistant, the phone in general. Yeah. Yeah. yeah to be honest, I, I didn't watch the Google event. <gasps> I know you, when you linked it to me, I started watching. I'm like, this is about the pixel, right? And, or no, actually they're talking about Google assistant at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And that's when I'm like, isn't this Google now? And then I got upset and then I stopped watching. Um, yeah. Um, uh, but <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure what to think about the, the whole like discontinuation of the Nexus line. Mm-hmm. Um, Google's move to being more Apple, like, I guess is the best way to describe it. Yeah. Um, obviously the market's spoken and, and that's what people want. So if it makes the Google experience better, then I guess I'm in favor of it. Mm-hmm. Um, supposedly the camera on this is the best one they've ever done. Yeah. Um, have you looked at the detail? I haven't looked into to what the specifics are on it. The camera looks really good. Um, I, I want to mention I was in the mall yesterday. This on this is on topic. I promise. I walked by one of those like telephone booth or wireless wave or whatever it is the the things that have a whole bunch of different carriers in it, and I saw a big banner saying "New Pixel Phone by Google." And I have never seen that before from anything except for an iPhone, maybe. Like, I think Samsung yeah. probably has them, but I'm kind of blinded to it. But um, I definitely noticed that, like, it looked very much like mm. an Apple thing yeah. in, in a good way. And then there's my experience when the 6P came out and said, are you guys going to get the 6P? Like, nope. Nope. It's like, <laughs> no. oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's like, that's yeah, it, it's very Apple. I, I, I saw the demo. Uh, the camera does appear to be very powerful. Um there was a thing that was mentioned on a couple of podcasts this week, um, kind of almost conspiracy theories saying that this DxO mark, this company that rates smartphone cameras, rated the iPhone 7. Their iPhone 7 camera rating came out and it was 86 or something out of 100. And then on the day of the Google Pixel announcement, they announced the DxO mark, the company uh, had rated their f- smartphone the highest rating they've ever given a smartphone, 89. And then you dig into the paperwork, uh, or I guess it's, it's still called paperwork when it's online. Um, <laughs> but it turns out they hadn't actually looked at, or they hadn't published the results of the iPhone 7 Plus yet, which okay. ostensibly is the a better camera, yeah, right. camera. And so it's like, why? Like, and and so this was a big thing. Uh, Google Pixel was touting, uh, or Google was touting about the Pixel. This is the best smartphone camera ever. And it's like, did they pay to have them hold off on that so that it could still be true and then they could announce the 7 plus later and it would like be better so there's a whole big Mm. weird possible thing here and there's also they were mentioning on i think it was upgrade but they were mentioning on a podcast this week that uh it's it's also like kind of a conflict of interest because dxo mark sells their own smartphone camera accessory it's like a, a standalone thing you plug into the I think it's, I think they make it specifically for the iPhone. So it comes with a lightning jack that you plug in and then you can take pictures with this little accessory and it's like supposed it has to its be own lens. And yeah. It has the lens and camera stuff. system. Okay. Hmm. And it's supposed to be even better than any of these cameras. So it's like, I mean, you're not, you're not <laughs> constrained by size of a smartphone anymore. So it's kind of yeah. not even a fair comparison, but um, that's at like that saying, point, you're just carrying a camera. Around. Yeah, exactly. I can <laughs> I can take better pictures of my DSLR and then transfer them to my iPhone. It's like, no, that's not what we're talking about. Uh, so yeah, there's there's that whole kind of sneakiness, but it does seem like a really good phone. It seems like they didn't talk about optical image stabilization, but they did talk about stabilization. And it seems like they're doing it all in software, which is pretty impressive because mm-hmm. from the results they had, it did seem really great. Uh, I will say that even like I have the iPhone SE, I was taking some video of my, of our puppy yesterday, no Friday. And it seemed like, even when I was making like pretty jerky camera motions, trying to capture a puppy playing in leaves, it was tracking it really, really well and wasn't jerky at all when I actually watched back. So it does seem like even without optical image stabilization, stabilization is getting good. So the fact that the pixel is keeping up with that or possibly even better is great. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mentioned this to you earlier. Um, they bragged on stage about not having a camera bump, but 
if you go to the spec sheet of the Google, the Pixel, you can see that there are actually two thicknesses listed. The thickness of the base, which is about the same size as the iPhone, uh, the latest iPhones. And then oh, there's a different okay. width at the top. It's like That's a millimeter thicker. That's the wedge. Okay. Yeah. So right. it, it's, it's literally shaped like a wedge where it's thicker at the top where the camera is. Right. Because you need a thick yeah. body for the actual lens system to get that good of a camera which right. is fine i mean if that if that ends up being ergonomic and more comfortable then more power to them that's great but you're not really like the entire top of the phone is a camera bump you didn't hide it you just expanded it but arguably is better it, well having used a phone with the camera bump for a year a year and a half even with the iphone 6 mm-hmm. it never really came into play like people were saying people were testing and you like the way the phone was designed, I'm not even exactly sure how this works, but it didn't even really rock noticeably. Mm-hmm. Like you could, you could, if you really exaggerated, you could make it rock, but it was never a thing yeah. where it was like a wobbly table where you'd notice it going back right. and forth. You never got any scratches on the lens, even though it was sticking out. Like it, it wasn't, it was a non-issue for me. I never noticed the camera bump. Right. And if, for the majority of people who have cases, you really wouldn't notice. I didn't have a case and I still didn't notice. That, no uh, camera bump. No camera bump? Oh, yeah, I guess it's inset a little bit. <laughs> no, it's a case. Okay. Yeah. So there is a camera bump. There is, but not. There is, there isn't. <laughs> right. I, I Googled it. <laughs> I pixeled it. I pixeled the camera bump. <laughs> Except this one's not a wedge, just the entire back is thicker. But right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually like I actually like that the case prevents the camera lens from being directly on with the surface right. I'm putting it on mm. or in my pocket, but um yeah, so anyway, as far as as far as the pixel, and I guess there's the pixel XL as well, which from what i saw is only a half inch bigger. yeah five and 5.5 inches yeah which is a really weird jump like why not just make it six it's like <laughs> i don't understand what the extra half inch is giving you yeah like i'd probably go for the five and a half just because that extra half inch is good like i've i found like 5.1 is probably good but 5.5 you may as well than than a five yeah because that point may as well go 4.7 but mm-hmm. yeah i don't know 5.5 is a weird phone size so so those are the two that they have and like you said they have uh black silver and blue yeah with really Um, weird names yeah Uh, i see what you did there (laughs) (laughs) really weird um quite odd (laughs) so i i do like the fact that they have a blue blue phone um yeah i i was considering when i got my phone to get like a fun case for it right but it's like uh, like I, I work downtown and i can't get away with like <laughs> a crazy looking phone right but i i liked the on the moto x like the backs that they had like the wood mm-hmm. grain and and all those types yeah. so um yeah that, that's one of the things i i liked about the android selection versus the iphone but right. apple's trying to do a bit better with with color selection yeah well yeah and Samsung is going along with them. And Google seems to be so far at least being reserved about it. That yeah. like blue is a limited edition right now and it's not even it's only available in the States. Yeah. But they did say that other co- regions w- would probably be getting it. I guess t- if it sells well in the States, they'll probably expand it. If it if nobody right. buys it in the States or like five people, they probably won't expand it. I did find it very interesting looking at the shipping page for the Pixel. It looks exactly like the iPhone shipping options. Okay. Um, where you first choose the size of display you want because they're very similarly um, shaped. It shows you how much more it is for the bigger one. In this case, $150 for the half inch, extra half inch of screen. It shows you the colors where you can see it updating live as you as you select. The thing I, I tweeted about on Friday, or I guess it was Friday, um, we, where we had talked in the past about profit margins and how 32 gigs of storage is now the base for the iPhone. It's also the base model for the Pixel. But if you want to step up to the next uh, storage tier, it's $130 to get a, go to 128 gigs, where Apple even only charges $100 premium now. So it seems like uh, the Pixel is fully has fully embraced its expensiveness in the same way that the iPhone has, which really, I mean, to just to add on to the appliness of all this, the very last thing after you choose your device storage size here on the Google store is choosing, uh, I'm going to call it Google Care because it is exactly <laughs> Apple. It's like $129 for device protection that is that shows up in the exact same spot as Apple Care does. It's like if they took the Apple thing, removed all the words and then added their own words, but it's like the options are the exact same, which I think is interesting. I think it's a good 
I mean, there's nothing copying something successful, mm-hmm. even if it's just kind of almost this is almost an homage to the iPhone. And I think it's it's done in a way that could sell more phones in a way that the Nexus line never did. Right. Well, because the Nexus up until the 5X, 6P models mm-hmm. was considered not a budget phone, but like a reasonable every man's phone. Yeah. Right. Or every woman's mm-hmm. phone. Um, and then the 5X to 6P were like, we're not cheap anymore. Right. But still not crazy. Yeah. Like the 5X was still like an okay price. Mm hmm. But most people probably wanted the 6P, and at that point, you're paying like 700 bucks, maybe. Yep. But this one is like, I probably, I guess their first thousand dollar phone. Like Samsung kind of had that market before. Yeah. Well, it's it's 900 um, for the for the very base, like 32 gigs. Yeah. Smaller phone model. Yeah, and yeah, you're probably not gonna get that if you're paying that much for a phone already. Right. <laughs> like even for me, like my phone is 32 gigs right now, and after having in order it was like a four gig and then a 16 gig oh no did i have any gigabyte nexus four? probably i think most of them were eight gigs weren't they yeah at least it was a 16 but i think i had an eight um jump into their team i'm like oh i'll never need more room again and i'm already (laughs) like you have no more room to update this app it's like no damn it gotta purchase freaking apps yeah and and i had moved some apps to the sd card like the external storage because you can do that on Mm -hmm. the the note um but after taking the f- card out to do some picture moving, it was like, oh, I can't find this app. It's like, oh, this is not an ideal setup for these yeah, no apps kidding. on the SD card. So I think there's tr- a reason why the iPhone doesn't have expandable yeah. storage. Well, and I can kind of appreciate why Nexus, like Google has said that they're not condoning external yeah. storage yeah, yeah. anymore because if someone just like, oh, I'll move it to the card because it gives me more room and then they pull it out. It's like, what? what do you mean? I don't have that app. I installed it. And then mm-hmm. they reinstall it and then put the card back in and all this kind of stuff. And I it, I can understand how it could be yeah. annoying and silly. So I'm trying to keep the external storage to just like pictures and yeah. and multimedia, not mm-hmm. apps. Um, but no, I, I can definitely see the value in having a 128 gig, at least 64, if not 128 gig right. phone because I, ideally with 128, you literally shouldn't need more room depending on if you take a lot of video pictures maybe but, but even then like you're backing them up to to the cloud right if yeah that's right. uh we, we should talk about that too maybe as oh yeah one of the right. last things we talk about but um i did want to say on the on the last thing on the looks of the pixel i mentioned on twitter uh just as soon as i saw it it was it just struck me how much this is if you look at the top third or so this is a jet black iphone and the bottom two thirds, especially the back, this really strikes. Um, the bottom two thirds is the matte black iPhone, like on yeah. the black model specifically. Like the top half, or the yeah, the top half or so, is uh, like a shiny, reflective right. black, and the bottom part is the matte. It's almost the exact same tones. It's just like, were you having trouble deciding if you want a jet black or a matte black iPhone Seven? Now you don't have to with the <laughs> Google Pixel. And it's it's weird because you know that they didn't see the jet black and matte black. Like, oh, guys, we got to integrate this into our exactly. phone. It's like, they're obviously making them at the same time. Yeah. So who copied who? Mm. Mm. <laughs> we'll never know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, like you were, like you were going to mention, um, the, the pixel does come with unlimited full resolution video and picture mm-hmm. backups to, to Google drive slash photos. So, yeah. um, that's, that's worth its weight in gold because right now I'm paying three bucks a month. Yeah. Is that how much? Yeah. It, it works out to between two and three, depending on yeah. the exchange rate. The exchange rate. Yeah. For the, the hundred gigabyte drive storage. So, yeah. um, I haven't found that I needed more, but if I had unlimited backup, like, cause I, I only use, I use full resolution or I oh. use reduced quality, right. but the I reduced use- quality is the same. Like it's, it accommodates my full resolution right. footage. Cause I think 12 megapixels is the, 16 off. i think 12 or think 16, 16 yeah. megapixels yeah yeah and mine is easily in mm-hmm. that that range so i just say reduce quality and presumably backs up full resolution because yeah. mine is under that mm-hmm. um but yeah with with a phone supporting 4k now because i think the pixel does do the pixel 4K. does do 4k yeah. and you get 4k backup as well yeah which so, is the only thing that i don't get currently yeah which is like i don't i'd, I'd almost see how much i can abuse that yeah just, I know. like until google's like Okay, we know we said unlimited, but <laughs> come on. You have like 100 terabytes of backup here. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's like <laughs> the, how far will they yeah. let you go the interesting thing for me is the fact that the the apple people that i was that i like listen to on podcasts and follow on twitter were all like wow this this new pixel phone comes with unlimited photo and video backup and it's like that isn't new the nexus ones last year did too <laughs> this is like google well, phones any of get, the androids do now yeah yeah it's yeah. it's just a common thing that they get now well even even iphones can if you have google photos they do unlimited don't they but not full resolution no right that's oh, the only you're talking thing full resolution okay yeah, yeah. Right. They've always had, and at the time, the, they were only 1080 cameras, so they were, it was 1080 backup. Now it's 4K backup if you have the Pixel, which is a, four, which is the 4K phone. But it, it's funny because if you're not in, if you're not paying attention, if you're not listening to the thing, you come out and they're like, wow, they, good to know you get full resolution backup. It's like, that's not, <laughs> it's not a new thing. We had that before. And I Wait, guess so it's, you're, it's a you're failure the, of the actual branding of it. You're saying the Nexus is, that they released before also had the same thing that unlimited full resolution backup. Yeah, definitely. Last year's announcements at really? the same time. Are you sure? Yeah. So why are people saying that this is like an unfair thing that they're supporting full resolution backup on the pixel and not the other phones? Like I was seeing Who's a couple articles. That? I saw a couple articles saying, Oh, they're making it exclusive and other Androids should get this feature of, well, just the Nexus, just the two Nexus phones that I'm aware of. They get the full resolution unlimited. Okay. I don't remember reading that about them. Interesting. That's definitely my understanding. Okay. Um, was there anything else you had on the on the Pixel? Yeah, I or think Google just, Home just and, to wrap up, it's, mm-hmm. it seems like this Pixel is... The Google's attempting to be an exclusive high-end brand. Um, yes. And yeah, like a lot of their, their features are not coming to the other Android phones at this time, if ever. Is I guess we'll wait and see what comes, but... Uh, Google Assistant, the full resolution backups, um, those are all exclusive to the Pixel. Yeah. And um, yeah, we'll see what the market response is because the people who would could be considering the iPhone would probably stick with an Apple product. Like, I don't think anyone would choose the Pixel over an iPhone if that was something they valued was the Apple aspect of it. Right. Um, if anything, they're competing with this high-end Samsung and lg phones like the the 900 to 1000 range because google didn't really have that before right so i i honestly think that's the market they're trying to take a bite out of i can't see them taking anything away from apple okay like i i don't know but i'm maybe just if you're a unaware android user as far as the options available that are comparable to the iphone like samsung's been making high-end really good phones for a while now right you know, even didn't explode. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so it's not like there weren't options out there before. So Google's not really filling a gap that didn't have anything there before. Yeah. They're just adding another option, which is good. Mm-hmm. I, I actually do see it possibly creeping in for people like high end Android phones are already a relatively niche product. Most people who have Android phones have whatever the person, whatever the salesperson told them they could get for 99 or 199 dollars right and as far as i know most of the most of the customers that go in looking to spend that much money on a phone end up getting an iphone there are definitely people who love their android phones and they're really loud about it but the majority of android i really love mine and i'm not really loud about it uh what (laughs) (laughs) you might be the loudest person on earth about it. that is not even true (laughs) give me more credit i um I think it could take a, I don't think it'll necessarily affect iPhone sales, but I do think it could affect the high end, um, like Android phone sales even more than the Nexus did. And it really all depends, like from the marketing that I've seen already for the Pixel, I think that it will just be better marketed and that will be the reason it does Mm -hmm. better. Like seeing an, an ad for a Google phone in a store that sells smartphones, I see that as a huge plus because you never really saw that before i'm not saying that it didn't exist i'm sure they did have advertisements somewhere but like you were saying walking into a store and saying hey can i get the latest phone that uh google announced through nexus and they're just like no we're probably not going to get it that's disappointing <laughs> to say the least <laughs> now if people walk in and they say hey can i get the pixel that i see on this app banner they're not going to be like no we don't, we're not getting that well why do you have yeah. that banner then well and hopefully they become trained in 
that phone and be able to show what it can do. Yeah. Or at least tell them about what it can do. Like I was telling you before, I walked into Best Buy the other day to check out the next or the iPhone 7 because I hadn't actually seen one in a store since it was announced. Right. And I was curious about how the home button worked and and how the, the vibration kind of simulated a button press, whatnot. So I go in there, they have a couple demo models set up and you know, they're fully functioning and I go in and I press the home button mm-hmm. and it doesn't do anything. Like it, it activates the home screen, but it doesn't vibrate, doesn't do anything. It's not like that's weird. Go into settings, check out vibrations on the sensitive, their vibration intensity. I change that to three. I'm like, okay, well maybe the one means no vibration. Mm-hmm. Set it to three, went to uh, accessibility, the vibration was turned on. Again, pressing the home button didn't do anything. I'm like, what the heck? So this person goes like, oh, can I help you with anything? I'm like, yeah, I'm like trying to test this iPhone 7 to see what the button does. It's like, oh yeah, it doesn't press. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like I was just testing to see the vibration. I was like, oh, well it doesn't vibrate. It, yeah, it does. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh no, I tried before. It doesn't really vibrate. It's like, it's, these ones are supposed to vibrate. Like just, well, yeah. it's weird. Like anyway, this person didn't even realize that the models that were out weren't working properly. Huh. And you so tested like, this on more than one, right? Yeah, there were two sitting out That's there, so and I tested on both, and neither one was working. So, and I was trying to figure out if it was in some demo mode that disabled mm-hmm. the the Taptic engine, but it was it was so strange, and it was just stranger to me that the person who came up to help me, who presumably knew enough about those phones to sell them to me, yeah, didn't realize that the vibration was broken. It's weird. And so. you haven't been to an Apple store or anything yet to actually no, feel I, it. No, I'll have to do that to actually find one that works. I'm mm-hmm. guessing because. Yeah, these ones at Best Buy weren't working. I, yeah, I realized that I went to the Apple Store when it existed, to, to and I tried out the home button, which and worked for me. Uh, but I did not actually go and try. I did not go look or at or touch the mat or not the mat the jet black one. So I still haven't. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that. no, they they had the mat and the jet black. Although those are the two that they had out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I picked up the mat first, not realizing it was the mat one. I just picked up the first one I saw, and I'm like, "Well, this is." fairly slippery mm. and sure enough it was the matte one and then i picked up the jet black and it was noticeably noticeably tackier as, as everyone's been saying it is yeah so, um i can definitely see the appeal of having that and the the jet black one was the smaller one like the plus right. was the was the matte and the the mm. jet black was the the regular and i could definitely see myself having like an iphone 7 sized uh phone and i can i can see the appeal of the jet black as well being right being tackier mm-hmm yeah, the um did you notice any micro abrasions on the jet black? I didn't look. Okay. I wasn't there long enough to to go into that much detail, but Yeah. I could see that if it is and from everything I've heard it's not really it's like a non-issue, but if it does become an issue, I wonder how often they would have to replace the phones that are on display cuz like those ones right. get beat up more than anything. And yeah, I, but I, from everything I've read yeah. people are saying that everything like this is just everything you've ever owned has has these and yes if you look at a super shiny surface you're going to notice them but that's true of any object right i know like i went into one cell phone store a while ago and i guess they have a deal with various suppliers who ship the demo phones to stores mm-hmm. and when they're done with them they'll send them back to this place and then they resell them okay as refurbished devices mm. um to sell to people at fairly reduced prices so I imagine you could probably find quite a few discounted yeah. iPhone 7 jet blocks there. And and hopefully at a significant discount because they would be fairly beat up. Yeah. But if, if you know that it's going to get beat up anyway, then you almost might be okay <laughs> maybe with that. I would, I am the kind of person, like the only reason that I have my phone in the case right now is because I have the case because I wasn't sure I was going to keep it when I first got it. And like my case is super thin and it's the one that's on it right now is clear I just want to be able to sell it later and I don't have to explain small scratches. Yeah. But mine uh, has yeah. a case just for the impact resistance and the shattering. Okay. That had happened to my iPhone already, like my work phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I prefer not to, to have this. And Maria's actually cracked. Like she dropped her phone and it fell like face first right. onto our parking stall. And like there's rocks like jutting out oh. off on the parking stall. <laughs> So that's why, like, because yeah. actually hers, I don't know if it has the same thing, but mine has like a little lip on the front. Okay. So like, even if it lands like face down like mm-hmm. this, it's not hitting it's the not hitting the screen. But if there's like a rock jutting out, then obviously it's going to hit the screen. If there's a rock jutting out, it's even more like, like 
there's actually going to be more, like a much smaller surface area. And that's oh when yeah, you're gonna get, for sure. Like, but what I mean is, it's actually going to impact the screen. Versus yeah. if you drop it onto like a floor, either way, it's not going to hit the screen. Right. It's just you hope it doesn't get too much shock that cracks it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, mine still held up. The only crack that I've ever had on an iPhone screen was from was from dropping it like two feet off of a soft surface onto a different soft surface. And I have no idea why that was the thing that cracked it. Mm. But like I, I've told the story about how my phone went out of my like I was biking one time and I had to stop. I had to brake really hard to not get hit by a car. And the phone <laughs> went shooting out of my like chest jacket pocket or my sh- my dress shirt pocket. Okay. Skidded across an intersection face down and like I went over and grabbed it and it was like there was a couple scuff marks on the corners of the metal part on the back. Okay. But there was no the screen was totally fine. It was face down, no case, nothing. It was just the wow. craziest thing. That's kind of weird. Yeah. So mine is my phone is so much lighter and thinner without the case. It yeah. it upsets me. That yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not willing to sacrifice like the screen for the sake of thinness. Yeah. Like I, I honestly like I don't have any plastic film or anything over the front of mine because yeah. I've in the past I found that a, it peels and starts looking really bad mm-hmm. and it actually affects like the clarity of the screen. Yeah. Like it's not it's you can tell when it has that on there. Like yeah. the glare is different off of it and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I'm not I don't like that and it doesn't really get scratches. Like you can if you look really closely it has very minor like actually not even. You can't even tell that there's any effects from yeah. not having that on. Yeah, I've, I've never, the last one I had really discolored the screen. And since like, that was like four years ago, five years ago. And I've never, I haven't had one since. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to, you want to say about the pixel before we go for the week? No, I think that's, that's good. I think we already mentioned that they've, they've already said that the Nexus line isn't coming back mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future. So we'll, we'll see what the future holds for, for Google's phone. Hopefully people will stop referring to Android phones as Samsung's. Mm-hmm. The, the a Nexus lot of them is are dead. Samsung's. Yeah. <laughs> Long live the Nexus. <laughs> All right. In that case, I will say goodbye for another week. Thank you for listening to Future Chat. You can head to unwindmedia.com slash future chat to see past episodes of the show and much more. See you next week. Ciao.